Well, welcome back to our next edition of What's Up America with Mike Kerr, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guest today is Billy Payne, who's a great singer, songwriter, musician, performer from Charleston, West Virginia. And he has recorded with Wailing Jennings Band, The Wailers, then The Waymore outlaws for several years and he actually made a carving of whaling jennings out of wood which we'll talk about and he won star search uh, in charleston west virginia in 1998 and thus started his very nice career in nashville and we do really appreciate billy you taking the time and telling us all about your your career and uh, you know your your music and first of all we mentioned a little bit already about your background but can you tell us a little bit about where you know how you got into music and where your love and passion for music comes from well um i got started uh just playing around home and stuff like that and listening to uh relatives play their guitars and when i was really young and uh so that got me into really liking um the instrument, so to speak, but when I was smaller, we had these like three channels that we got on our television then, and it did carry the TV shows that Nashville music and and uh, Bill Anderson show and Porter Wagner show, and I got to see a whole lot of country music on those shows. You know, I couldn't miss them; I had to watch them, and uh, it's pretty cool. To, uh, for me, I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do then. I just know how much it, it intrigued me, you know, to, to be able to watch those shows. And, uh, and the older I got, the more I got into listening to more singers. And so I guess, uh, when my mom and dad bought me a record album of Johnny Cash and uh, called Live at San Quentin when I was in first grade, I think that's when it hooked me finally, you know, to be want to know I wanted to be a singer, you know, because I'm just like every other one out there, you know, just stood in front of the mirror and pretend to be, you know, somebody that, uh, that was singing and you know where i pretend to be johnny cash or somebody like that but i think it really uh i don't know just opened my mind up about what it would be like to be an entertainer and uh but the older i got you know i and i did get out of it for a little while you know when i was growing up i didn't uh always sit around the house and play guitar but later on in life I um, got back into playing a lot more on the guitar, and I got started playing in the clubs really by accident, I think, because I'd walked in club one evening with a friend of mine to see his wife that was working at this particular club in town, and there was a guy in there I knew my whole life who played music and hadn't seen him forever, and he, he invited me to come play music, and... I, I said, okay, I'll be there. And, you know, then I just figured that it'd be over and done with. I'd forget about it or something. Wasn't anything set in stone. At least I didn't think it was until 
my friend that I was with that day, his name is Sam, and he got me and said, you're going to go play tonight. And <laughs> that opened up a door to me uh, musically that I would never dreamed would happen, you know. Uh, uh, Sam's a real good friend, and he knew I needed something to, you know, get me out there and start playing because he knew I was capable of playing and singing. And uh, it, my life changed from that time on when I went out on that Saturday night when he came and got me. And, and I've been playing ever since, you know. And uh, the things I didn't try to get into the music business to be successful with it, except for, you know, just having a good time and sounding good. And I mean famous, you know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I, I never looked for the the famous thing, you know. And then things started progressing, and I started going more playing elsewhere. And and uh, that's, how, that's how it happened. Oh, great. Uh, so, Billy, as we, we mentioned, you know, your relationship with Wailing Jennings, and we'll say that you actually record and you actually, you know, uh, play with them, you know, uh, you know, after Waylon has passed. But one of the things I mentioned, you know, that I was reading about that seemed like really interesting, if you don't mind telling us about, is you making like a wood carving of Waylon Jennings. Is that right? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I... Uh... I had a friend that was carving a statue of Hank Williams. And man, I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was so cool. And, you know, and uh, he told me, he said, well, you could do this if you wanted to. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know how to start it. And he said, well, he said, uh, you go get a block of wood down to your dad's and old four before post. And uh, my dad had a lot of crib blocks in the garage and everything. And he said, you go get one of them and bring it up here. And I'll get you started on doing one of Waylon to see what you can get it done. And I always could draw, you know. I've I, I done that a lot back when I was a kid. And so he uh, he just had me to bring the wood to him, and he scraped the place off on the corner of it. He said, there's his nose. Go after it. And that's, that's how I did it. I, and I'd never carved it anything in my life. And uh, it was really crazy because I guess I maneuvered the knife like you would a pencil or something, but did it in a backward kind of way. You know, I just said I had, I was taken away, taken away from the wood. And it took me two years to carve that thing out. You know, I, I walked around with that piece of wood. It was like a, say, a security blanket, so to speak. I had it everywhere I went. And I uh, really got into it mo even more when I got in touch with Waylon's office and told them what I was doing, and they started sending me pictures, you know. And so I had some pretty good close-ups, and I used Western catalogs, you know, like Western clothing catalogs and stuff like that to get the jeans and the boots and all that stuff. So I carved him from head to toe, or from half to toe, rather, and, and uh, put his guitar on him and just carved it all out. And so after I was finished with it, um, I, fin I started in 84 of Labor Day weekend and actually finished it in 86 Labor Day. And uh, I put a picture backstage to him and I ended up getting a phone call a couple of weeks later and they told me they tried to get in touch with me that night, but I had to get out of the 
theater because it was another show and I didn't have a ticket for it. And uh, I got contacted about two weeks later from his uh, road manager at the time. His name was David Trask, which he manages Ronnie Millsap now, I think. And uh, he, he asked me, he said, uh, are you the Billy Payne that sent a picture backstage in Wheeling, West Virginia? And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, what? He said, where did you get that? Did you, is it a doll? What is it? I said, no, it's a wood carving. And I said, I want to give it to him. And so we arranged the meeting and everything when I, when he was coming to Kentucky to the Paramount in Ashland, um, they set it up for me to give it to him. And I, I pulled a tear out of the outlaw's eye that day. So that was pretty cool. We, we ended up being instant buddies that day. Okay. Uh, so for you, you know, Billy, we mentioned that, you know, you're, you're in uh, Wayland, you know, and do you still perform with, are they still around the, the Waymore outlaws or? Oh yeah. They, um, they, they got their own thing, you know, they got their own band and uh, I work with Jerry Bridges and the guys, you know, when I go in the studio all the time, when I, I, every album I go and cut anymore is with them. I've played some shows with them. I've done a, a small tour with them across country back in uh, 2007, 2008, and been recording with them ever since. They're great guys, and unfortunately, we lost uh, Richie Albright back in February, and he was Waylon's drummer for a long, long time, you know. Started out with Waylon in Phoenix. And... Um, Richie was uh, the heart, I say, of Waylon's music, and uh, and and one of the reasons why Waylon uh, got to be number one in the business, so to speak, you know, because he really had a big big role to play in in Waylon's sound. Uh, but they're still doing their thing. They've got a new drummer now, which is Jerry Bridges' son, Jeff, and. Uh, Waymore's Outlaws are still out there with uh, Jerry and uh, Bridges and um, Fred Newell and Barney and Carter Robertson and Tommy Townsend. And they get out there and do their tribute to Waylon that they do. And it's a pretty cool thing. You know, we're talking about going back in the studio in the not too distant future to start another couple projects on me. Oh, okay. So, I mean, for for you, Billy, like we mentioned that, you know, now you're, you know, well, you've been, you know, songwriting, you write all these songs, but I mean, do you feel that, that experience and, you know, meeting with Waylon Jennings, I mean, do you feel that influenced you? I mean, do you have a lot of influences when it comes to the, the developing the songs or? Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's why I write the way I do, because I grew up listening to the guys, you know, the older guys, which uh, in the vein of like Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash and Waylon and Willie and all of them, you know, th that era of music. Uh, I think you kind of just wad it all up in one little ball and, and you that's how you become what you do and how you do it, you know. And I think that's how, that's how I feel about it, you know. And uh, I think it's why I like the story to really develop in the song, you know. And 
when you start singing something, somebody they don't get lost in what you're trying to tell them. You know? And um, but I, I lean it toward the the raising and upbringing those guys had because I, you know, I'm not that far from it either, you know. And uh, I think that's helped me as far as them influencing me and the type of songs that they sang or wrote, you know. And I've got a a host of Lord singers and songwriters that I'm fond of, you know. Okay. So, okay, Billy. So I want to talk about these nice songs our audience will be listening to on the audio version of this. And if you don't mind telling us you know, a little backstory or a little something about each one here. First of all, we have the Ivory Tower. Can you tell us about this one? I really know if uh, it hit the charts or anything. I think it was more or less just doing a spiller material. But when they pitched the song to me and I started listening to it, I started liking it uh, yeah, a good bit, you know. And um, good thing I cut it because it's just been nominated for um, country, one of the country song nominations through the Red Carpet Awards in Holland. And uh, uh, under a classic traditional country or something like that. And I'm real happy to hear that happened i i never knew it would you know but that that was just a song that barney wanted me to do and thought i could do a good job on it and and it has uh it's caught the attention of a lot of fans and and a lot of people uh, you know around the world you know i was uh it's been playing overseas too you know? Okay. Another song we have is Soft Place to Fall. Can you tell us about this one? Yeah, that uh, the first time I ever heard that song was about 20 years ago on the Horse Whisperer movie. And a girl that wrote and sang it with me is uh, Allison Moore. And uh, I just loved the song. I, you know, it's other than that, you know, I never did perform it out anywhere. Um, I, I just love the way the song was written and what it was about. Okay. And another song we have here is I'll Stop Loving You. Could you tell us about this one? Um, first of all, I'd like to say I wished I'd wrote them, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm a big fan of, of songwriters. And uh, Mike Reed the football player uh he brought that song out years ago and i always liked the, the drive it had you know and what it what it talked about so i just wanted to see if i could come up with a pretty good version of it and so it ended up being a good track on the maverick hill billy cd as well okay and another one we have is hottest thing in town could you tell us about this one <laughs> yeah um, that's the Billy Joe Schaefer song, and um, the first time I'd ever heard it was Billy Joe, and uh, I started doing that song in the clubs a long time ago, and um, I, I don't know, it was just uh, something that I could relate to, and it was a good hard-driving honky-tonk song about a woman that uh, just tells a whole lot about her in a little bit of time, but 
that, you know, you're certainly getting the meaning of it out there when you start singing it because it's, uh, she's the hottest thing in town by a country mile. <laughs> so, you know, there's been a lot of them walk through the doors of the club like that too, and it always hits real good with the crowd. So. Oh, so yeah, those are some of uh, the songs there. So, I mean, for you, you've, you know, uh, written a certain amount of songs, or I mean, you have so many albums that you've put out, or? Yeah, I've, um, matter of fact, I've got, I think it's seven that I have. Um, and then we're, you know, like I say, we're working on uh, eight and nine right now, you know, to get out there. We're planning on doing two new projects, but yeah, I've been recording since uh, 1999. And uh, it's, um, I've just been really fortunate to, uh, I got a small record deal in Nashville on a one-star search, you know, and started out the record label with Jimmy Case, Aaron Records down there. And, and he was, uh, he had a, a good bit of people on the label, you know, like uh, Freddie Weller and little David Wilkins and uh, Vicky Bird from Heat Hall and, you know, and uh, Darnell Miller, and uh, and I think Narvel Phelps, yeah. So, you know, I was in some good company, you know, and it was a good place to get started. And, you know, and he put about three singles out on me, and I got two top tens on the independent country charts. One of them with uh, a Freddie Weller song called No Limit on Love. It went to number nine in, on the independent country charts, and and then I cut an old Chuck Berry song that I'd been playing in the clubs a lot. And it's called Nadine. And I got number eight on the independent country charts with that. And, and Chuck was really happy with my version. And so was Freddie with my version of his song. And uh, I've talked to Freddie several times since uh, I cut his No Limit on Love song. He said it just knocks him out every time he listens to it. So. I guess I done I done him good. I hope I did. Oh, so that that's pretty cool, Billy. That these guys actually hear the songs and they, you know, they, they you get their their blessings. So I mean, that must make you feel good. I mean, that must give, give a different dynamic knowing that they might be out there. Who knows? Listening to this. Huh? Oh yeah, you know, it makes makes me feel really good to because um, I've always been somebody if if it's not fitting with me i won't do it because if it's not touching me i'm not going to touch anybody else but they i've been real selective about picking songs i've always been that way and uh, if i'm not satisfied with the song that i that i'm going to do then i'm going to do something else or change it which i don't change the structure of the song and Jerry Bridges has helped me a, a lot since I've been working with him. You know, he's helped me at times like a song that he wanted me to cut and I didn't particularly care for it. But then he changed my perspective of it, you know, and helped me. Because I've always been open to suggestions about the, the, about the songs, you know. And, and I, get a, I get a different feeling for them at times on my own and I'll throw my idea at him about it and he and he'll like it, you know, the way I'm going after it. And it's and I think it's just a 
the I don't call myself an artist, but I think that's what, you know, you have that in you to do that. I like to make the song sound like I wrote it. I, I mean, it's that I've got, I've been carrying around with me forever. And uh, if I can do that, then I know I'm going to get somebody's attention in the audience, you know. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as performing now, uh, Billy, are you before forming or doing any sort of tours or? Well, right now I'm just doing some local stuff because of the COVID-19 crisis, you know, and uh, this led up a little bit around where I live. And, but I don't think it's led up enough to where it feels safe, you know, to just go on out there and, so we're trying to just wait and see what's going on. And um, I've got uh, hopefully some more stuff coming up overseas, you know, um, uh, and across the country. Uh, it's just, it's kind of just like up in the air right now, you know. So you mentioned, Billy, that, you know, you've, you've gone overseas and I mean, I don't know if you could describe it, but I mean, is it an interesting feeling? I mean, how is the reception? I mean, everyone wants you back, it seems. Uh, they really like the music. Yeah. Uh, when I went to Ireland, I went over specifically to play the Phil Mike show. And, uh, and did some small things, you know, after that to TV and radio. And, and uh I got a good welcome, you know, that the people were so nice, you know, and uh, they just down to earth people. They love, they love country music. Uh, they like uh, all the, all the kind of country music, especially the traditional type. And uh, so I've kind of fell in with their like, you know, they, they really, uh, they really got into the the country flavor that I have, so to speak. And uh, and Spain's the same way. I mean, it's just uh, a completely different way of liking music over there. It's uh, here where you know the new stuff is out, and uh, not putting it down or anything like that. But uh, they do not particularly care about that type of music. And so when you going over being country as a corn cob, you know, you got a lot, a lot of people like you, you know, and they, they treated me like I was a superstar over, you know, it was really cool. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. And, uh, you, you hope to, to get, get back there then, but right, right now that there's still not a lot of international travel available to do these shows or. Yeah, they, they, uh, they're still worried about, you know, the virus. Um, I've got some stuff coming up in Germany if I can ever get back over there, you know. And that's one of the last things they had told me that said, as soon as the COVID thing goes away, you know, we definitely want to do some bookings over here with you. And, uh, and I think if we can get it straightened out, Mike, I believe it'll be okay. I, I, we're hoping and praying anyway. So, I mean, with your shows, uh, Billy, then you have your own full full band as well then? Or? Oh, yeah. I've got my own uh, band right here around home, and I also have a band that's uh, 
stationed in uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma, and a good bunch of guys. And, you know, we haven't got to play with each other for a while because of, of the COVID thing, of course. And, and uh, but, and I also do one man shows, you know, if I have to do the, one of those, I'll get it done. And, uh, and, and they work out pretty good. But I had a great bunch of guys that played with me uh, in uh, Ireland when I played over there. I played, uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Sarah Joy or not, but uh, she's uh, uh, ranked the, the best steel guitarist, female gets steel guitarist. I'll get it out in a minute, uh, in the world. And um, got to play with her and uh, Bill Max band and, and then the guys that was in Spain, you know, they were waiting on me and I got there. And, man, they put together a great show. And uh, they they set aside. It was really funny. They set aside all evening for us to rehearse. And uh, they'd been working on songs for like three months. And so we go into rehearsal and we kick it off. And exactly two hours later, through all the songs, we were done. And they're like, do you have any more songs? And I said, well, I got if you I want to play some more, but I think we're going to do it all right. And they were, and they come together so, so great with that. They, they fell in with, right in with me. They knew my sound. They really studied, you know. And, and the same way with the Phil Max shows band, you know, they they knew what I needed to sound like, and that was really good. I've done a lot of pickup bands over the years, and. Sometimes you'll get them on that it's not quite on the money, but you get it done. But I was really proud of the way those bands represented my music overseas. Okay. Okay, Billy, I wanted to ask you, you know, a question. You know, you mentioned that you do solo shows and you do, you know, with the full band. But, I mean, when you're playing, like, a uh, solo show and a uh, full band is there anything differently you do, like, for each show? Or, I mean, you have to play a different way or a different chords? Or pretty much you play the same way when you do uh, a solo show and then with the band? Oh, yeah. When I, when I do a solo show, I, you know, I sit down and I'm more intimate with the, uh, the crowd. You know, it's uh, – and I, and I started sitting down a long time ago just to get – the feel of these shows, I, I've always called them like set down shows. That's why I call them because most of the people just sit there and listen to you play, and it, and that helps for you know the uh, type of shows you do out on the road, like theater shows, and and you know you got different settings, and then you get people to get up and dance, but. I mainly just do the same thing I always do, you know. I sing and play my songs, and and uh, they really seem to get into it. And I, I even have a, a question segment when I'm doing the shows, I'm sitting down and uh, doing those smaller group shows I do for a labor school that uh, has groups come in from all over the world. And I sing to the whole world in one room, you know. It's really cool. Uh, people from everywhere that comes in on these groups, and that's helped me out a lot too. To, to you know, not have to worry about uh, if they're sitting, standing, or dancing. It's just, I think it's helped me to be a better entertainer 
honestly. Because I've been playing now since, uh, oh Lord, if I tell you how long it'll date me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it's gave me the know-how to handle a crowd and what to do with them. You know, when I when I'm doing shows, I can tell what what song I need to sing next while I'm singing the one I'm doing. And I, I guess I'm just like any other entertainer, you know, and how to work a crowd. But I've I've been blessed with uh, being able to do different types of shows that puts me right in the middle of the folks, you know. Oh, so you can, like you, you mentioned, you know, feel the crowd, you know, switch songs up so you don't necessarily have a definite playlist that, you know, is, is what's got to be played. I mean, if you feel, hey, maybe we should switch it up, you can do that on the fly then, huh? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can do about anything I need to do. And and there's a lot of times, <clears throat> now, I, when I do the set-down shows and I play the <clears throat> one-man thing, I'll use my studio track and uh, the, uh, sorry about that, my dog, my, my studio tracks are something that uh, I can play the songs along with the track and represent my music the way I did in studio. And it gives an opportunity for them to uh, hear it the way it is on CD. And it, everything's there except me and my guitar, and I apply that live, you know. And it's a really, really good um, thing, I think, because I've sold a lot of music like that. And then when, you know, when I do the uh, shows with the band and everything, it's the same way, you know. It's... Uh, it's just a way of representing it. And I, and we always try to stay right there and make it familiar with what it's supposed to sound like. Oh, great. Okay, uh, Billy, before we go here, you know, we're talking about, you know, the mu music. And I wanted to give you a chance to tell our audience how they can get, you know, your, your music purchased at that music. I mean, is there a certain place to go or? Well, you, my music is available on all download formats across the country, overseas, all the way around the world. Uh, anywhere you go for um, downloading music, um, you can go to billypaincountry.com and check the music out from the sites there as well. Um, people can write to me, uh, billypain underscore country at yahoo.com or write to me through the website and order it directly from me if they'd like to. But I'm on Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, uh, pretty much everywhere. And uh, so it's, uh, it, they're available, you know, which I, you can get the physical CDs as well online uh, going through those sites because they sell them too through the distributors. Oh, okay. Uh, now, as far as do you have like any merchandise or stickers or T-shirts or beer koozies that, you know, any way we could, you know, help support you or walk through downtown Ocoee and say, hey, here's Billy Payne? Well, 
Uh, I've got uh, T-shirts. I've got uh, ball caps, pictures, and we're getting ready to start dabbling in some koozies and picks. I, I did have some guitar picks, and uh, which those are really cool, and keychains and magnets, and, and uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, we're we're building the website up really well. It's all brand new. The website was just launched about three weeks ago. Uh, it's got a, a different look. It's real easy to access everything you want to look at. Um, we uh, we are trying our best to make sure people can be accommodated to anything they need on there, and uh, so. We're hoping that it's going to work out okay. I'm on Facebook as well. I got a musician site on Facebook under Billy Payne Country, and I have one called Billy Payne Country Music, which is my personal site. And uh, I think that's about it, except for well, there's a Billy Payne Tuesday site on Facebook. Every Tuesday, they promote my music. Just out of the blue, a lady started doing it. Bless her heart, her name is Belinda Stevens, and she really, she's a really big fan, but she says she believes in me, and, and she's got a lot of things going for me, too, you know, and it works out really well. Uh, it's getting bigger and bigger, and uh, we're just uh, trying our best to uh, um, make sure that anybody can uh, get to me to get get my music and everything okay billy we want to thank you so much we you know appreciate your time and you know the music is great and we encourage everyone to check you out any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here well yeah uh mike i appreciate you having me on but i would like to say i've been uh nominated as well in the josie awards coming up next month that's going to be a pigeon forge and I've been nominated for a song I co-wrote called I Only Miss You When I'm Sober for Song of the Year. And I've been uh, also uh, nominated for Male Traditional Country Artists and Male Classic Country Artists. And I, that's, a, that's a biggie for me right there. I never would have dreamed that something I wrote would be nominated for Song of the Year in a, in a big award show like that. But I did have one that I wrote before a couple years ago that was nominated for the Willie Award, uh, the Will Rogers uh, Award in the Academy of Western Artists out west. And it was a song I wrote about the spirit of an outlaw. And uh, it was nominated Song of the Year. And so, I, you know, I've been, for the last four or five years, I've been getting a lot of attention and uh and nice nominations. Uh, I've just been so blessed to the things that are happening. You know, I just don't know what to think of it. It's overwhelming. You know. Oh, okay. Thanks so much, Billy. My guest is Billy Payne, a great singer, songwriter, musician, performer from Charleston, West Virginia. And you've been listening to What's Up America with Mike Kara. And please. Catch us again next time. Okay. Thank you.